Welcome to The Witty Committee. I'm Claire. And I'm Courtney. And this week we're reading P.S. I Love You by Lucy Harrison. Before we get to that, um, we're going to do our normal fave uh, where I ask you what book you're reading. And then if you don't have a book, you name a TV show instead. All right. Well, this week I am reading Two Can Keep a Secret from Karen McManus. Um, I've read one or two other books from her, and I really like them so far, far better than The Last Mrs. Paris by Liv Constantine, which was my last book that I had mentioned. So if you are interested in a suspenseful thriller set in high school, definitely would recommend so far. Ooh, very interesting. Um, I finished the Winter Night series by Catherine Arden, which, again, so great. And I tried to find something else that was, like, in that realm. So I started The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern. I don't know. You've probably seen the cover. The cover has, like, a bunch of keys on it and, like, ribbons and stuff. Um, And I couldn't get into it at all. Um, And so I am now starting Cobble Hill, which is the new adult novel from uh, Cecily Von Ziegzer, who wrote Gossip Girl. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think it'll be fun. Uh, and I definitely think all of this stuff is just cementing, especially the show notes that you did for Dylan with the photo of Leighton Meester and Adam Brody. And I was like, oh, so excited to talk about Gossip Girl. It's going to be so much fun. I am also excited to talk about Gossip Girl. Their relationship is just peak early 2000s teen drama royalty. It's amazing. Oh, yes. Have you seen The O.C.? I've seen up until, like, I, I think I've seen the first season of it. But I have a friend who I often say I think looks like young Adam Brody. Um, and so I think that it's really funny whenever I see pictures of young Adam Brody to just be like, haha, it's you. <laughs> That's true. Um, I love the OC. I think Sandy Cohen is like number one DILF on my list. Like, oh, uh, have you, you, you need to watch it. That's that. So that's, uh, Seth Cohen is Adam Brody's character. His dad is like, he's just like sexy attorney. Oh, it's so good. Wait, doesn't Max Greenfeld play young Sandy Cohen? Maybe. Schmidt from New Girl. I, I don't watch New Girl. And then I think Sandy, I think the actor who plays Sandy Cohen then turns around and plays Schmidt's dad in the wedding season of New Girl. I think I'm putting this all together. So Peter Gallagher is the guy who plays um, Sandy Cohen. So if that helps you, we can put a photo of him in the show notes. Um, oh, certainly. But um, yeah, so those are kind of a little bit about what we're reading right now. Um, although Courtney and I did both uh read ps i loathe you so we're gonna go ahead and get started with our character updates how are we breaking it down this week i feel like we should probably throw in Kristen this week because i think she's a little bit more interesting and i'm honestly not sure we need claire i know we usually do claire but i don't think we need her so i think? think we should definitely do Massey, Kristen, Dylan, and Alicia. Claire, okay. <laughs> be up to you. If you want to keep it an even number so that we each do two, that's totally fine. But I definitely think that we see a lot of Kristen and a lot of Dylan in this book. And Claire, I don't think even gets any of her own narration. She doesn't at all. Claire is like not really a part of this book at all. So I think, yeah, I think it's fair to say we can skip her. Um, so last week you read Massey. Correct if I'm correct. So I'll take Massey and Dylan and you can do Kristen and Alicia. Sounds good. Amazing. So Massey Block, when the pretty committee deems its boy fast null and void, boy fever sweeps through BOCD. <laughs> what better way to backhand spring into new crush Dempsey's heart and make old crush Darrington jealous than cheer for him on the soccer, soccer field. That was an awkwardly written sentence. And just like that, 
Massey forms BOCD's first ever cheerleading squad. But will Massey still have something to cheer about when Dempsey starts spending a lot of time with LBR Lane Abley? Give me an E for, oh my God. And then Kristen Gregory with Massey and her SBFF, secret best friend forever, Lane vying for the same boy. Kristen has to make a choice. A, the pretty committee, or B, the witty committee. And if she doesn't choose fast, she'll end up C, committee-less. Dylan Marvel is hiding something, and it's not just those peanut butter Luna bars stashed under her mattress. She's got a secret crush on Darrington, and it's no secret that he likes burpalicious redheads. And then finally, we have Alicia Rivera. Prefers plies to pom-poms, especially when Massey orders her to the bottom of the cheer pyramid. Can Alicia accept her beta status, or is it time to become alpha of her own squad? And that is what kicks us off for um, PSI Loathe You. And what we hear about in, uh, just even in the character updates, is that Kristen has some pretty interesting new developments, uh, this book, I would say. And so... Well, we start off in the BOCD faculty parking uh, lot because parking lot, the yes. girls are looking to go to the trailers and see the first day of all of the boys who they have sent to go be in the trailers be subject to those like new Tiffany boxes. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they get there, what do they see? But the fact that the trailers have now been re-redesigned to be a lot more boy-focused. And so they've got projectors with TV screens and they're playing a soccer game and then a soccer video game. And all the boys seem to be having a great time. Yes. And um, the overflow of students has also created a little bit of an overflow of trash, um, which is creating kind of an interesting situation in the uh, faculty parking lot in that that's also where the like dumpsters from the, and like the compost bins are. Um, and so the entire time that uh, the pretty committee is watching kind of what's going down at the trailers, they are dodging quite unsuccessfully pit, lots of pigeon poop um, that is coating not only them, but also all of the cars around them. Um, and then the only one who seems to escape from the um, pigeon poop episode is Massey who steals someone's backpack to hide under Um, but kind of what ends up happening is that Dylan's the first one who gets hit and Kristen offers Dylan her like mom approved clothes because we know Kristen changes in uh, the Range Rover every day from her mom outfits that are like appropriate outfits for a 13 year old to like the fashion forward outfits of hand-me-downs she gets from her friends Um, And then when Kristen gets hit, she wants it. They like a little bit of a cat fight ensues over who gets to actually wear the mom clothes instead of just wearing poop stained clothes. Um, So but we do get some good outfits from the first uh, chapter, but I'm going to kind of gloss over those so that we can move a little faster. Um, But something interesting that happens while this is going on is that like Darrington is kind of making a fool of himself. Well, not kind of, he is making a fool of himself. He's climbed up on, climbed up on a tree and like hung over so that he can put his butt in front of the projector that's projecting these video games onto the trailers so that it looks like there's like a butt shadow on it. And everyone's like cheering for him and like clapping and waving and thinking, ha, it's so funny. And Dylan runs up and starts poking him in the butt with a stick. He falls down from the tree She's with like falls, I guess, is like under him. He hurts his ankle, which is really not good. And they both get detention. Um, And because of this ankle injury, Darrington can't. He's the captain of the soccer team. But I guess he's like he's benched, which I have so many questions about the whole soccer thing with this book, because 
Lisi has established that Darrington is the goalie in the previous series. And so, um, but we'll get to that with regards to later in the book. But basically, um, they're both out of commission, uh, especially for like later in the day when they were supposed to go uh, online shopping at Dylan's house uh, instead of the Briarwood soccer game. Yeah, so... One other key plot point that's going on right now is the fact that all of the girls are establishing their crushes now that they're allowed to have crushes on boys again. Mm-hmm. And everyone has a crush on someone with the exception of Dylan. And Alicia has determined that Dylan is a C- minus because she is the only one without a crush. And so she's trying to figure out who it is that she's supposed to have a crush on. And she starts to develop a little bit of a crush on Darrington. And as mm-hmm. we move forward into her detention with Darrington, we see that that crush starts starts to build pretty quickly where they're bonding over their iPod playlists and he's asking her for advice on gifts to get for his sister's 16th birthday and that sort of thing. And so as we are moving forward with Dylan's developing crush, she's concerned about how Massey will react because when we find out that Darrington's ankle injury is going to put him out for at least a couple of weeks or like the rest of the season, they have to find a replacement for Darrington on the soccer team. And so um, Massey volunteers Dempsey to take his place because apparently Dempsey learned how to play soccer in Africa from all the orphans who he was helping. Yes. And so Kristen says that Dempsey should try out for the soccer team. And Massey, in this conversation, sprays the back of his jacket with her perfume to mark him. And I'm putting air quotes around that. Um, mm-hmm. Basically to like claim him as her own and say like, this is my crush. Nobody else can have a crush on him. But according to the the first time we've heard of this. Yeah, this is a brand new thing. Yeah, this is a brand new thing that we haven't seen from earlier books. But according to Pretty Committee lore, this is just an understood thing that Massey does where she had also sprayed Darrington previously when they were like, you know, in a relationship or whatever. And she hasn't undone her mark on him. And the only way to do that would be if she were to throw water on him to like cleanse the mark. Um, So Dylan is now, her sole focus is making sure that Massey cleanses her mark off Darrington so that she can date Darrington. But she doesn't want to upset Massey, obviously. So she wants to make sure that she's not too obvious about it. Also, so the reason why Massey uh, volunteers Dempsey for the soccer team after learning that he's a good soccer player from Kristen is that um, Massey is like fighting against Lane for Dempsey's affection this entire book. Um, because Lane and Dempsey were best friends and then Dempsey went away and he came back hot and Lane's like, now I have feelings for him. Um, and so both Lane and Massey are fighting pretty hard for Dempsey and Lane and Dempsey were supposed, were supposed to star in the winter musical together, um, as Mr. And Mrs. Claus, like Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. Um, and Massey realized that that was like not going to work. So she volunteers Dempsey up for this position. He gets it and he's really good and kind of as a way of really kind of cementing her position at like at every soccer game whenever it's needed. uh, Massey decides she's going to create a team of cheerleaders for the the boys soccer team um, and does this very rapidly um, and like pretty much I think it's like that happens on a Friday and then on Monday they have their first or Saturday morning they have an audition um, and or tryouts I don't know Um, 
And so she has overnighted Stella McCartney jumpsuits. She's like overnighted these crazy outfits. Is this your fashion moment? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm going to skip that. <laughs> That's I a mean, good choice. It is a, it's a very remarkable fashion moment, but essentially they're uh, very scantily clad. If you remember the um, the soccer uniforms that the girls wore when they had to be on the Siren soccer team a couple books back, uh, this is essentially a recreation of that where it's very much not practical for any sort of athletic wear. But um, another key point about them forming the Sockers, which is the name of the cheerleading squad, is that they are um, sort of planning this around the fact that Kristen lives in the apartments. And this becomes like sort of a point of contention for the characters in this series where Kristen, obviously, as we know, she's poor. She lives in these condos, which they actually sound pretty nice. Um, they are like so nice. They are doorman attended um, building. It, so it sounds sort of nice. But Dempsey, after his family got back from Africa, m- left their big mansion on what he refers to as Tuxedo Row. Um, and they decided to downsize into an apartment because they realized that like their house was just way too big for their lifestyle. And so they moved into an apartment right next door to Kristen. And so Massey's like, great, we're going to have cheerleading practice and like a sleepover at your apartment, Kristen. And um, Kristen is like trying to manage the fact that everyone around her is really obsessed with Dempsey. And so she's trying to figure out who Dempsey has a crush on because she's secretly friends with Lane because they mm-hmm. like to dress up as historical geniuses yes. <laughs> and video chat In the role playing as them as the witty committee. And yeah. she also wants to get Dempsey for... Uh, Massey and meanwhile she's missing her own boyfriend so Kristen's got like a lot of personal stuff going on where she's also trying to like sneak behind her mom's back by hanging out with all these girls and wearing these outfits and stuff like that um and she's just trying to like juggle all of it like a soccer ball um so something that was interesting is I feel like with this book specifically we needed a lot more information from the Kristen summer series book that like I just didn't have because so Kristen is is considered a C plus, which is when you have a crush, you're like all set um, because she's got Dune. But yeah, so essentially she's been dating Dune. She's really excited for him to come back from his surfing trip that he's been on. Um, but in the meantime, she's trying to navigate the, this two friendship duality situation that she's got going on. And so she's been spending a lot of time with Dempsey. And I definitely, it's very clear that she's starting to develop feelings for him as well, because he's a little bit of like a soccer phenom himself and they have pretty good conversations and they both live in this apartment together. So proximity helps. Um, And things sort of, the next progression with the uh, Sockers is that they have these auditions is what Massey refers to them as. She doesn't call them tryouts. Um, But I think that's sort of- I just, that was like- Confusing for my brain. Well, I think it sort of speaks to the fact that, like, Massey doesn't really understand what a cheerleading squad is supposed to be. Um, yeah, because I've never heard of a soccer team with a cheerleading squad before, but... Sure. And I mean, if you think about, like, the Division Nine ramifications of having just a soccer... Like, a, just a cheerleading squad that only cheers for the boys' soccer team would probably have, like, some sort of legal ramifications. Title Nine stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so um, they host auditions in the New Green Cafe, and Massey has basically declared that everyone needs to pick one girl who they want to try out and have them do their cheer. And she tells them all to look for girls who look like chicken nuggets so that they can fit on the bottom of the pyramid. And the entire time, Alicia is like, well, 
pyramids are out. Like if you look at the way that cheerleading is going right now, nobody's doing pyramids anymore. It's all about like modern dance. Um, and Massey shuts her down because she doesn't <laughs> like any sort of like dissension from her leadership. And so she just picks a whole bunch of LBRs, including Lane, to be on the cheerleading squad because Lane quit the play now that Dempsey's not in the play because they pinky swore to each other that they would both be in the spring musical instead of the winter one so that they could do it together. So Massey's like doing a whole keep your friends close and your enemies closer sort of situation. So she lets Twizzler and Lane join the suckers. Yes. Um, and specifically because they can do like a, a Cirque du Soleil type uh, trick where they turn themselves into a circle and they run around, like they roll around and Nasi's like, this is great. She's going to look ridiculous. Um, she's not wrong. Like, that's very silly. But also, like, I think it's kind of fun. Um, and so pretty much after that, um, we see them like you you hear about like the schedule, the training schedule that Massey sent out. Um, it's pretty quickly glossed over. Also does not seem adequate enough to like immediate, like you do tryouts and then you start cheering like three days later, which is basically what ends up happening um, with like any <laughs> efficiency. Like people would not actually know cheers. Also the fact that like Massey is supposedly written all these cheers already and there's not really soccer cheers out there. Al- although I do have to say that like Lisey's cheers are not bad. They're weird because they're for soccer, but like in theory and like, so if the, you guys didn't know, I was a cheerleader in high school and in middle school um, and the like breakdown for like the beats and the claps isn't bad. Like you could theoretically say these cheers, which I was like, okay, this is a lot more information, like a lot more um, competency towards sports than we've seen so far which surprised me considering if you look at the schedule and the way that she describes like practice your stomp clapping i tried reading that section several times that one does not make any sense it made no no sense to me as a person who had like when i was growing up i did do all-star cheer for like two seasons and then i was a high school cheerleader for two years Neither of them stuck, but like I, I'm like not big into the cheering aspect of cheerleading, more like the like stunts and tumbling and stuff. Stunts and stuff. But that's what Haley did that too. It seems very similar to this, where I was just like, I don't understand how the like beats are supposed to go because the way that Lucy Harrison has written it in this one section was so confusing to me. But the rest of them do make like the rest of them. I you could I could see them being not like they don't make any sense, but like. They do make sense. I don't know. You no, know I, get, I get exactly what you're saying. Where I'm like, okay, it rhymes. It's short and quippy. I guess that makes sense. It's like, yeah, go team. A lot of it is like about how hot the boys and the soccers are, which I think that's a little weird. But I, I also think the one that's just about Dempsey. Is <laughs> so I think we're going to go. So like, I think we, it's fair to go through and. and you should and regale us with one cheers. of the cheers since that's something that you have. Do you some- want me to like do it? I want you to do whatever you feel comfortable with, but we're, we're talking a lot about them. So I feel like it would be okay. unfair to not discuss I, yeah. them. Yeah, let's, I can, I can, I'm not gonna, maybe I will clap. Maybe I'll do a little clap. Um, fuck. Sorry. Computer's not like standing straight. We're soccer. We're, we're soccer. If you're cold, say purr. If you're a cat, say purr. Pardonnez-moi, monsieur. Je m'appelle soccer. Yay. I was like, that's kind of cute. It's kind of the... The third, the third and fourth line are like a different cadence, and so also how you'd French clap for that. Yeah, I don't know how, you, but it's cute. It rhymes. And then 
The next one is Tempsey learned soccer in Africa. He's king of the field. Ra ra ra. Which I was like, eh, that's not bad. It's just like weird that they would single one person out. Um, and then there's Adidas, Fila, Nike too. What's a soccer girl to do? We gotta look hot for the fellas. That's why we're all wearing Stellas. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> but like, but like, rhythmically, they're not horrible. I guess you know, the like bar they, is on the floor here. But I mean, like, it's like our chance, our cheers were like, bring it down the field. Let's go. Like, you know, or like red, black and white. Like they were not like crazy. Um, yeah, but they weren't about like how lyrical. one person learned football in Africa. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the, cheer, the cheers are ridiculous. But the whole time that like we're seeing them at this game um it's actually dylan narrating and so we see dylan really fit this is and this happens a number of times dylan is like pretty constantly fixated on like massey's water bottles massey always has a water bottle with her and dylan's like she's so close to this water bottle and she could just take this right now and like splash it on darrington and i'd be free and like she's not wrong but um what happens at the end of the game well i don't know there's so many things that happen like concurrently um well one big thing that i had a question about when it came to and so you and i have both not played soccer like a lot and i don't love going to soccer games because i find them very they're confusing. so long they're so long um but so they seem to be like on the field when they're cheering yeah because they're yes. wearing these like they long sound, ponytail like- extensions and they like one of them gets their hair caught in the net and Massey trips Dempsey at one point, and I'm like, how are you so close to the players? I do also, yes, I have similar questions, because it sounds like they're by the net, which is, like, not ever, and I don't know about you, but, like, our soccer team played, for my first, for my first high school, our soccer team, and I think also the second, played on the football field, and so there's a track, or, like, at least a, a big enough area for cheerleaders to be that's not next to the goal, um, so that does seem strange, but also it's a middle school. So like maybe they're on a middle school field, but still I would say, I would think that for safety's sake, you would want to keep them like on the side of the field and not by the goals. But like, again, Lisey Harrison, apparently the only thing she has any semi understanding of is cheerleading. Um, and even that is small. Um, but then the next so, conflict that we see with the cheerleading is the fact that like, so Alicia knows her stuff when it comes to the dance the dance the performing arts aspect of it performing in front of crowds of live people that sort of thing and so she's trying to help massey perhaps she's being a little heavy-handed with it but she's like trying to help her count them in massey is like very distracted during all of these soccer games because she's thinking about Mm -hmm. like how she looks and all the boys and things like that and like her friends and so she's not paying a ton of attention at least just trying to help and then massey feels really undermined by this and it gets to the point where like she accuses Alicia of tripping her into Dempsey. And then when Dempsey twists his ankle, Lane and Twizzler run off the I think field. We're skipping. To... Sorry? That the Dempsey is like later is like the last one of the last things in the book. Right? When he twists his ankle? Because they have two books. They've got two games. Yeah, there are two games. I'm right? just combining them together because it's not really important like which one this well, happens I, in. Yes, but I along with Dempsey. Uh, the thing I wanted to bring up earlier was that like with Darrington being the goalie is that Dempsey's like running around the field, like with the ball, which means that Dempsey's not the goalie. And like, so if Darrington 
left the team with his position, would that why why didn't they have goalies try out? Why did they just let any like I don't understand? I'm assuming that they probably had a second goalie who they had who was less preferential to Darrington, who they had slot in for Darrington, and then that person was probably primarily some other soccer position. And then they had Dempsey play that role. I think that that Lisey Harrison forgot that she made Darrington the goalie. I don't disagree, especially considering at one point Massey says to Kristen, hey, Kristen, are you a goalie? Are you the Sirens goalie? And Kristen says, no, I'm the captain. And it's one of Massey's like little comebacky tiff things. And I'm like, but you can be the goalie and also the captain because yes. Darrington is both the goalie and the captain. <laughs> well, so the reason I kind of wanted to split up the games is because... Um, the something pretty big happens for Dylan after the first game. Fair. Um, which is where she notices that Darrington is in the well. Derek, he says his name is Derek. He doesn't like that Massey calls him Darrington. Um, Derek is in the stands and like meets her after the game behind the stands, and is like basically says like, she was like, oh, are you like hanging out with your girlfriend? And he was like. No, I'm looking at her. And, and oh Dylan well, no. Like, like the way that this like, goes no. down is that she's seen. While Dylan is oh, yes. performing with the soccer's, she sees a blonde girl with a pixie cut like across the field. And that girl comes up and starts talking to Darrington. And she's like, wow, if only I could pull off stovepipe jeans and a pixie cut, then Darrington would be into me. And so she goes up to Darrington at the end of the game and starts she's talking like, to him to like and mean. the girl and is like, yeah. oh, how did your sister like the uh, birthday presents that we bought her? Because earlier when they were... Uh, flirting at the detention he was like asking her for advice on picking out uh birthday presents for his sister and then they went shopping together then they go shopping together and they buy his sister um 16 different like candies from the dollar store or whatever or like different trinkets from the dollar store and this entire time we all including dylan think that darrington doesn't have a sister because massey just like never cared to learn anything about darrington's family i guess (laughs) and so she comes up to darrington and this mystery girl and is like oh, did your sister like the presents? And he goes, ask her yourself. And she thanks her for the presents. And she says, you know, I was really surprised by how sweet they were. And so I asked him where he like got, like who helped him pick out these presents. And he said his future girlfriend. And so then she goes, wait, so do you think that I'm your future girlfriend? And he goes, no, I think you're my current girlfriend. And then he like smacks her on the arm is like, is that okay? And she's like, Obviously, she says yes. And then he leans in and he kisses her. But unfortunately, um, our my now least favorite character, because of many reasons, but this one specifically, sees it happen, which is Alicia. And she files this little gossip away and uses it to hold it, like manipulate, hold it over Dylan as hard as she can. Well, not only um, that, but she takes a picture of it happening. Yeah. It's bad. It's, like, so bad. It's so mean. Um, Yeah, so this comes to a bit of a point because in between these two soccer games, Dempsey's family has rented out the Rye Playland, which is a real place um, for the visiting. Yeah, it's where, um, has anyone seen Big? The movie Big? Oh, it's with Tom Hanks. It's very fun. They go to Rye Playland and that's where he uh, becomes big. You have to watch it. It's cute. Um, I'm going to turn my mic off and you can keep talking. Um, So they go to Rye Playland because Dempsey's family has invited a whole bunch of African orphans to America to go to this 
amusement park and the kids sort of split up. It's the soccer's and the soccer boys and the African orphans. And um, Kristen is sort of tasked with keeping Lane and Dempsey apart, which doesn't go over all that well because at one point um, Kristen, while trying to like keep them apart, they're all on this roller coaster together. And meanwhile, Dune is like trying to get her to like, throw their arms up and like scream on the roller coaster and Lane is sitting directly behind Massey and Dempsey and she and she is in the middle of eating a falafel sandwich yeah I was getting to that yeah Lane, she, Lane okay yeah she likes because Lane has like didn't get to sit next to Dempsey she's like pissed that Massey did and so she reaches in her back pocket and pulls out of like no like her backpack and pulls out a falafel sandwich and is like yeah okay I'm just gonna eat this on this roller coaster which like obviously doesn't end well yeah i was confused by the fact that like none of the ride attendants were like you can't have a falafel sandwich on this roller coaster it was very confusing to me so we get to the end of the ride and what does lane do but throw up on massey and so then dempsey has to go take care of lane massey is now pissed at Kristen for not preventing this from happening which i don't really know how Kristen could have but Everyone kind of sucks here. And she's spending way more time focused on this drama than she is on Dune. And Dune is just trying to, like, enjoy himself. And he's, like, really kind of above it all. She keeps trying to involve Dune in these conversations about the issues that are happening in her two friend groups. And Dune really is just like, well, Massey sucks. So I don't really care. Yeah. Dune is, like, not really... He's not, like... I think that he's just, like, not great because he is so down on... Massey and the pretty committee from the get-go and he like kind of shames Kristen about it a lot and again I have not read the summer series for Kristen where I feel like we'll get kind of the basis of their information like all of their um story but it, it just like I was it, for me it like didn't even look anything like a healthy relationship so I was like eh, don't love that for you hun um and so and, and, and it's interesting because Lane is also upset with Kristen for not helping her. I guess Kristen has promised both Lane and Massey that she's going to help them get Dempsey, um, which is impossible for her to do both. Um, and so kind of what we see instead is that in the process of getting closer. Well, so the next Kristen has been off the soccer's because she came home in her uniform one day and her mom saw her and that did not go well. Um, also, don't understand how she could be on the soccer's when she's also the captain of the women's soccer team. But like, because wh- whatever. there's really no rehearsal schedule for the soccer's and they only cheer for the boys soccer games, not the girls soccer games. And so it's not like she doesn't she have practice like during the boys games or games during the boys games. I mean, theoretically, yes, but it doesn't seem like she's always at the boys' soccer game, so it doesn't seem like that's the case. Like, she's always there. Um, So Mm. I don't think that that's ever really been a challenge. But, uh, yeah, so she's been kicked off the soccer team, or the soccer's team. God, that's so difficult to, like, say. Soccer's squad? Soccer's squad? Soccer's squad. Um, And she's at home, and Dune is over trying to, like, a, get a smooch from her, and B, like, get some marine bio homework help from her. And her mom is in the kitchen trying to cook. And who comes over to her apartment but both Lane and Massey? Because they've both gotten, like, care packages together for Dempsey, who has this twisted ankle. Um, and they're both from trying the, to... From that second... Yeah. Yeah, from, from the, the soccer second game soccer game where that- Alicia allegedly shoved Massey into Dempsey, which did not happen. 
And so they both bring um, their care packages over to Kristen's place to try and give to Dempsey, who's not back from the hospital yet. And they realize that Kristen is helping both of them. And Dune reveals that Lane is Kristen's best friend. And Lane reveals that she has the shark tooth necklace that Dune had given to Kristen, which she had dropped sometime at the amusement park. And then everyone storms out and everyone is mad at Kristen. Yes, everyone, including Dune. And then the thing that bugged me the most is like, Lane is playing this game just as hard as anyone else. And she's just like, yes, it's bad that Kristen won't admit that she's friends with Lane. But I, the way that Lane kind of is being manipulated, like all of these kids are manipulative. They're all well, like, yeah, exactly. Not- if this were a Reddit thread of am I the asshole like that? Uh, cha- I don't know what Reddit is called, but like the Reddit channel, am I the asshole? This would be an everyone sucks here answer because Massey is being like really controlling and manipulative. Lane is blackmailing Kristen. Kristen is trying to like help everyone, but is not really being a good friend to anybody. Dylan is going behind Massey's back to flirt with her ex-boyfriend. Uh, Massey is being too controlling of Dylan by not letting go of her crush on him. And like Alicia is taking pictures of Dylan to blackmail her and Massey's not letting Alicia like have her moment to shine as a dance instructor. Like everyone sucks except for Claire. Except for Claire. Claire and Cam are doing great. They're awesome. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that Claire is never around for Massey uh, in the way that she was in the prior books. And so Massey kind of doesn't really have anyone to rely on. But Massey's not really reaching together. out to Claire. Like it's not like she doesn't still live in the guest house and Massey couldn't go over there True. and ask her for help. But Massey's too prideful to ask for help from Claire. Yeah, well, yes, but I think the assumption is that, and this is, again, it's an assumption, which is not a good thing, but it's the assumption is that Claire is going to always be there for Massey. Um, but basically all of the friendships are kind of have crumbled, but Massey kind of after, I think it's like two or three days of skipping school or whatever she is like issued a decree that like everyone's been forgiven which is what she's she's like i forgive all of you please come to the friday night sleepover i'll see you there um oh what she finds out is on her way home from Kristen's. she is calling dylan and dylan's not answering she goes to um, Alicia's house and the, the, how Massey shows up at Kristen's is that Massey has secretly made keys to everyone's home, like copies of everyone's keys so she can get into people's houses. And so she, which is just so creepy and scary and crazy. It's very weird, um, but also like Kristen's apartment has a doorman. And according to the narration, Massey never goes over to Kristen's place because it's not a house. It's a condo. And Massey like makes sure that Kristen knows that that's how she feels about Kristen's place. And so she's never over there. So then why would the doorman let Massey up into the apartment without phoning Kristen? Unsure. But so after that, Massey goes to Alicia's house. And uh, I think it's like Miss. Mrs. Rivera maybe says like, oh, they're up in the dance studio. Alicia's in the dance studio. And Massey's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go see her. And she goes up there and the door's locked and she conveniently has a key for that too. So she unlocks it and she goes in and Alicia has already started her own soccer cheerleading squad called the Heart Nets, H-E-A-R-T dash Nets. Um, And Massey is furious. And then Alicia says, well, I'm already the alpha here, but like, 
and then starts trying to like walk back all her stuff being like well you're the alpha in life i'm the alpha in dance but we could be co-captains too even though i'm already the captain but like we you i still need you and massey's like no you went behind my back to be like to do this really crappy thing like and so massey's devastated everyone sucks everyone sucks everyone sucks Except for Dylan. Dylan, I feel like her situation is really tough because she does. She's like really trying to honor Massey and her friendship with Massey. And she goes to her mom and her. This was I highlighted this because I was like Mary Lee Marvel with the real, real like. Yeah, Mary Lee Marvel came through with the good advice. So she goes to her mom and it's like trying to like really put this in abstract term. It's actually really funny because she tries to put it in very abstract terms so that she can get help from her mom. Um, Oh, and then. I don't really want to bring it up, but Massey knows that Darrington has like a new crush, but she doesn't know who it is. Um, and she says it couldn't be Dylan because because Darrington isn't into big boned betas. And she says mean things like about Dylan's weight number of times. And Dylan is still upset about like being like upsetting her. So this was like afterwards. Um, Dylan wants to know. She goes to her mom and she's like, when Brad and and uh, Jennifer split, uh, I don't. That, so basically, she's trying to use uh, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, and Angelina Jolie as like her Darrington and Massey, or Massey Darrington and her. And her mom thinks she's trying to like give her a scoop, and and in the end, she was just like, no, I'm just using this as an analogy. And then she says, I just want to know if it's sometimes okay to choose a boy over your friends. You know, if that boy's available. And Mary Lee turns off the water. She says, I don't think so. Um, Dylan's heart nosedive. So you should choose your friend? No. The boy? Neither. Mary Lee shrugged as if it were all so simple. Huh. You shouldn't have to choose. A good friend wouldn't intimidate you and a good guy wouldn't pressure you. You deserve both. And I was like, that's mom stuff. Like, that's good. That was a good parenting Yeah, for all of Mary Lee Marble's faults, she does give this really good piece of advice, which I appreciate from her. And I think that that says something. And I... I don't know. I think that you see a lot of dichotomies between characters in this book where, for example, like, so you mentioned the text that Massey sent out where she was like, I listened to all of these self-help books and I gleaned the information that I wanted to glean from them. And I've chosen to forgive you for being smothered by me because she realizes that she, not unlike Bean, kept her friends on too short of a leash. And so she's like, I'm willing to forgive all these transgressions, come to my slumber party. And on the opposite side of that is Kristen's apology to everyone, where she's extending an olive branch to Lane by apologizing for, like, not helping her get with Dempsey. She promises she'll make it better. She apologizes to Massey for breaking the new Pretty Committee swear, which they do another We're not gosh read darn poem. poem. I'm not reading the poem, but, like, they do another poem to, like, Pinky swear that they'll help each other. And she's like, I'm sorry I broke our promise. I will help you get Dempsey. She apologizes to Dune. And so she's like sending all these messages and apologizing to people. And you just see like a distinct difference between the way that Kristen handles her apology and the way that Massey handles her apology. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really interesting. Yeah, because Kristen, Kristen says, I'm sorry. And here's what I will do to make up for it. And Massey says, I'm sorry like, you feel that way, essentially. Pretty much. She's like, I forgive you for making the mistakes that I feel that you made. Um, I'm not going to change anything, but like you're still expected to be here. So um, for the next day for 
Friday for the uh, slumber party. Kristen bails. She says she has bad sushi. She decides not to go. She's not going to answer. Well, she's not only calls. bailing because she doesn't want to go to the slumber party, but because mm. she her mom leaves to go to work. So she doesn't get a mm-hmm. ride. She can't get a ride to school from her mom and she can't get a ride to school from Isaac. And so she's walking out the door and she runs into Dempsey and Dempsey offers her a ride. And she's like, you know what? This is my one opportunity to just confront him and ask him who he likes. And so they do the thing. But she that, does it the same way. Oh, yeah. yeah Were you going to say the, the same thing they did in like Placid? Olivia did in like Placid. Yeah. So she corners him in the elevator, turns off the elevator, like does the elevator emergency thing, which I've never done. Claire, have you ever done that? No, absolutely not. I'm pretty sure it calls like the like. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it calls the fire department on you. Yeah, when you do and so that. she she corners Dempsey in the elevator and does the like elevator stop button thing and plays Olivia's "Who Would You Rather Kiss" from like Placid game. Um, and so she's like, "Who would you rather kiss, like Oprah Winfrey or Principal Burns? Who would you rather kiss, like blah, like this person or this person?" And the he last- says Serena or Blair, which is funny because that's the like fourth Gossip Girl reference in yes. this book, which is like. So fun. They're crossing over. I do There's love that. I saw. Yeah. I, yeah. And so she also notes that like all of the people who he picks are brunettes. So she's like, well, that bodes well for both Massey and Lane, but not for me. But I don't like him. I pinky swear I don't like him. Like she's lying to herself through her teeth that she doesn't like him. And so she goes, who would you rather kiss Lane or Massey? And he says, I would rather kiss you. Um, and so she like runs out of the elevator. And who does she run into? But Dune who offers to let him double on her bike in order to get to school. So Dempsey's offered her a ride and also just professed that he likes her. Dune, her boyfriend, offers her a ride. And now she's, like, being confronted by both of these people. And then who shows up but Lane with uh, the Lexus? I assume Chris is driving, but it's not really clear. Um, And she offers Kristen a ride as well. And so Kristen decides to take none of them up on their offer and instead say that she has bad sushi and she can't go to school. I think she should have at least taken Lane's because that wouldn't have actually hurt anything. Unless you think that Lane is really going to manipulate her even harder to getting Dempsey. Uh, I think it would have been really hard for her to get into that car after having had that conversation and act like nothing happened. Eh. Fair, 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 fair. I agree with you on that. I just think it was like, I feel like that was like the least tough option. Um, but all I guess that's like the worst, you know, the worst out of the, the least bad out of the three sorry i don't know because like you could have gone with like okay well dempsey offered first so i'll go with him and also riding on the back of a bike sucks so why did i do that or if she went with lane and then massey found out about it after massey or after kristen had sent massey that note being like hey i really apologize i'm going to help you and then she took a ride from lane massey would be like well then what was his apology for and so i just i see a lot of conflicts there and i understand why kristen did what she did in terms of going back home and pretending to be sick that's probably what i would have done too my, no way my parents would have let me. But again, um, I was not as good at manipulating my parents as Kristen appears to be. Yeah. Um, and so also we never see Kristen's dad, which makes me think he's in prison for whatever the art thing that's going on. Uh, <laughs> I think that's I need more. I do I need, need more information on that. I need more on Kristen, too. Maybe we hear more about him in the summer book. Maybe. Um, I think it'd be really interesting if he was in jail. Um <laughs> So, so Kristen does not show up for the sleepover. Um, Dylan and Darrington show up early and Massey's like, interesting. Um, and Dylan is basically like, oh, I brought him so that you can release your hold. And 
Massey continuing, she's continuing to be mean to Dylan about her weight. She's, she's horribly awful, but basically says that like the, the, the comeback is that Dylan is chenille. And then Massey says, if the size eight fits and then Dylan says, well, if I'm chenille, you're Lycra because you hold everyone back. And then that analogy gets used over and over and over for the rest of the book. But it's true. It's like, also, this is, I feel like, before athleisure was a big thing because we have so many different, like, kinds of stretchy, sucky, any fabrics now. Um, but Dylan says it's true. You're like control top pantyhose. You try to run everyone's lives and keep us all down so you stay on top, which is accurate. Yeah. It is and true. Massey has acknowledged that already to herself where she, in her conversation with Bean, where she talks about how she needs to let Bean have a longer leash, she I need to go back and find that passage because it was really insightful to the fact that Massey knows exactly what she's doing. Do you mind if I read this? It's kind of long. Go for it. Yeah. So Massey is sitting in her bedroom. It's like, I think, yeah, it's 1.30 in the morning when she's having this like come to Jesus moment with herself and with Bean. And she's thinking about the events that have just transpired. And so a fresh stream of tears pool in her eyes. It was painful to think of the countless hours she'd spent trying to keep the pretty committee on top. The homework missed. The plans hatched. The money spent. The clothes bought. She'd opened up her heart, her bedroom, and her closets to these girls. And despite the countless efforts to hold them back and keep them from moving on, they still... Dot, dot, dot. OMG. Massey shot up like the walking dead. Something about this all seemed... All this seemed familiar. Bean. She pulled the black pug onto her lap and stroked her tiny head. Remember when you went through that phase of not wanting to go for a walk? The puppy sighed. I thought it was the cold sidewalk, so I bought you those mint green Gucci booties and the white poncho. I sang to you, I gave you Kobe beef treats, and I even got you a pedicure. But you still didn't want to go. Nothing worked until I got you that long leash, remember? Bean looked lovingly at Massey with wet black eyes. You just needed more space. Once again, Massey's spirits plunged like Pam Anderson's necklines. She started crying again. But why do they want space from me? I gave them everything, she sobbed to herself. So Massey is upset because her love language isn't being appreciated by the other girls, but also like there's a difference between love language and manipulation tactics. And Mm, I think that Massey, for what it's worth, she's 13. So like she has time to evolve this and like learn from her mistakes, but she's like, I don't want to change who I am in order to be liked by my friends. I should be appreciated for the things that I have to offer, but she's like going about it the wrong way. Like she's so close, but she's just like missing the mark. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is that like she could very easily just continue to be who she is and not hold her friends or like not hold her friends back so much, but not even that. It's like, she could just uh, like let them do their own thing. Cause it's not like, I don't think she's going to stop being a control freak. I, I mean, I'm a pretty big control freak and it's not something you can just like turn off. But I think you could very easily say like, oh, I just like if you're not around me, I don't know. It's like it's not as big of a thing. Like when Dylan is because they very like this book is the one we've gotten the most information about them. Like when they're not around the rest of the pretty committee, I feel like they've all had like pretty separate plot lines. And so it's like just let people continue to do whatever they want to do on their off time. And then when they're with you, like, I think that the, they'd be fine, like, continuing to follow all your, like, weird 
culty rules. Well, not only that, but like, okay, so you and I, we just read the Dylan Summer Series book. And throughout mm-hmm. that book, we see Dylan being really appreciative of the time that she gets to spend with Massey and the Pretty Committee. Yes. And she thinks about how insane she would go if she didn't have her friend group to be able to just lean on for also, support. Also... In this book, she Dylan says a lot that the only person she wants to talk to about Darrington is Massey. And like, so her friends still want her and need her. They will always want her and need her. They just need, they'll need her in more of like a friend sense and less of like a cult leader sense. Yeah. And so it's part of that. It's part distance makes the heart grow fonder. And Massey, I think, as we saw in several books so far where she was really happy to have Claire stay in her room. She was really happy to have Claire along for the Aspen vacation. Like Massey has a serious problem with being alone and Mm -hmm. you need to learn how to be alone and appreciate you like as yourself rather than just Mm -hmm. you and your relationship, like in proximity to other people. And Massey hasn't gotten a grasp on that. And we've seen that throughout the course of these books and it's sort of getting to a breaking point. And you and I talked about this when it came to, Alicia's formation of other of the other clique where it's like okay so what does she really like about her friends does she like the fact that they're all super pretty does she like the fact that like Kristen is the best soccer player and Alicia's the best dancer and blah like each person is the best of their own thing like what is the thing that keeps them together and I think that for Massey it's about the control aspect and like the fact that she's the reason why they're all friends together because they weren't friends before they met her like they're friends because of Massey but if she appreciated each of them for the strengths that they bring to the pretty committee then they would be stronger friends for it and we see that time and time again where if she let claire be the best actor she can be if she let alicia be the best dancer she could be if she let Kristen be the best soccer player she can be then her status is also elevated your own like your candle does not become dimmer by giving your light to other people like you are only strengthened by other people Yeah. And I think that's something that's really interesting with this book specifically was that like um, we we see that crumble. But I think also we see it crumble in a way that it hasn't before in that like the only person really that's kind of left at the end of it is Claire. And it's barely because she's just been like not involved at all. You know, before we've had things that like when they've broken off and like Claire maybe doing something else or Alicia has been doing something else or like. For any reason, there's like just a bit of a a disconnect, but this is like, it's really crumbling. And I think that I don't really know what's going to happen in the next book. Also, I think like a couple episodes ago when you thought that you were like Darrington and Massey are endgame. And I was like, no, they're not. That was this book that I remembered. Um, Yeah. I mean, like at this point, I definitely, I don't know how I, I think that Massey needs to be by herself for quite a while before she is with anyone else. I think this would be the perfect time for someone to sweep in and write Massey a really good uh, gay love story because I think it would make so much more sense. Um, and so the, the I, don't, I didn't read the next book yet or I've just like barely started the, um, the intro that's at the end of this one. And I think we're going to see a lot more of like the pretty committee being broken up um, because that's basically what happens. Nobody. So Darrington and Dylan show up at Massey's sleepover Massey throws them both in the pool as a way of, like, getting Darrington, um, like, you know, clearing. Yeah, he's released, but also Dylan is now released because they've both yes. been put in the water. Alicia doesn't show up. Kristen, again, doesn't show up. And then Claire and Cam show up late, which this bugged me because they do the Friday night sleepover every Friday. So why is all of a sudden this game night for the Lions family with Cam included? Like, because they show up, Claire shows up late. It's, I think it's just 
to perhaps make Claire seem more flighty and more boy-focused than Massey-focused as a way to sort of justify Massey's frustrations with Claire. Because otherwise, there's no reason for Massey to be frustrated with Claire. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no reason. But it also just, okay, canonically doesn't make sense. But there's so many things that don't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense for Claire's character arc. And perhaps if we got Claire's perspective in this book, I would agree with Massey in her interpretation of Claire's behavior more because perhaps we would have gotten Claire's point of view of her forgetting about Massey, but we don't get that. And so all we're seeing is Massey projecting this feeling of abandonment onto Claire. And I'm like, okay, but that's not true to what we know about Claire as a person. And so if we saw that interiority from Claire in -hmm. the book, then perhaps I'd feel differently. Yes. Um, Do we want to review our like questions from the plot from the book because i have a couple go ahead um first one is that in the beginning when we're introduced to um kristen's the fellow members of the witty committee which is kristen's secret intellectual club um we are introduced to um (laughs) dan pondock which i highlighted because i was like is this our first person of color um, I don't know, but I would be intrigued to know if it was because I don't think we've met a single person of color so far. Um, not that like, that like has to be a plot point and like engage with because they had that one we girl who had yeah. the Vietnamese sounding name, but we never got to meet her. Yeah, and she, like she wasn't even like physically in a space with anyone. It was just her name was quoted. Um, and this guy is so it's it's Candy Corn from the last book. Um, and so I am unsure. Um, another thing is. We learn that the <laughs> the guys are playing Maverick School Groundhogs, which is MSG, which I'm like, again, why does everything have to like be an acronym that stands for another acronym? Um, and then I would like to highlight uh, the absolute insane, absolutely insane number of um, Native American references made in regards to the Briarwood Boys soccer team is the Tomahawks. And um, there's a lot of like they enter the field to drums and like just lots of appropriation there that doesn't need to happen. Yeah, it was bad. Um, there's one quote that is questioning why um, Dylan is questioning why um, boys make girls go crazy or like why Darrington's making her act the way she does. And it says, did Tom Cruise have that bewitching effect on Katie Holmes? Was that why she wore her hair like that? <laughs> and I was like, when when did Tom Cruise when did when did they break up? When did Katie Holmes leave Tom Cruise? Question. Um, if you can find that out, you can put it in the show notes. I'm intrigued. Um, and then, what's my other question? I have so many questions. They've made up um, a fruit in that at the auditions for the um, suckers, they are drinking skin purifying borba juice, and I don't know what a borba is. I looked. <laughs> Cannot figure that out. Um, Massey says that by Thanksgiving, Lane will be outed like Clay Aiken on the 92708 cover of People magazine, which I thought was a fun reference. I didn't even know Clay Aiken <laughs> was gay. Really? I don't oh, it follow. Was a big deal. I don't follow Clay Aiken news, so it was a huge deal back in the day. Um, Massey's or Lane's um, gift gift box for uh, Dempsey is a menagerie of Webkins and tightly packed Wonka candy, which I was like, I had so many Webkins. I loved my Webkins. Did you have Webkins? Um, I think my little sister had a Webkins and then we all played with it. Um, however, that is not a question. 
Unless your question no, is, did I you just... have Webkins? It is. Oh, okay. I wanted to talk about Webkins because I love my Webkins. I had a pug Webkin that my grandma got me that I had. I still probably have it in Atlanta. And I think it was named Eddie. Which is weird. That would be that's my dog. Um, I'm, I don't think so. If I can, if Webkins still exist, I could look it up. Oh, God. Why is this the book that we have to go back to talking about Dylan's body all the time? Like, there, when we're in Dylan's bedroom, which I have, I want to know what Dylan's bedroom actually looks like because we get a little bit of information, um, but I want to hear more. Um, but they, Lisi writes that she's sucking in her little belly bulge that muffin topped over her turquoise Cosavello boy shorts as like part of the like narration. And I'm like, that's not necessary. Yeah, it Ugh. sucks how much that's like ingrained into Dylan's thought process. And I it hurts my feelings because all I want is the best for Dylan. Like, do I agree with everything about Dylan in terms of like, her body humor characterization? No. But no. Dylan deserves to feel happy and confident in herself, especially since, as she points out to Massey, she's like, I wouldn't go for Darrington if you were still into him. If you're into him, just say so, and I will not go after him because I'm a good friend. And she's, I don't know, she's entirely right about it. I just, I feel, my heart breaks for her every day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I same. And it's also like, my last question was that um, Dempsey gets an ankle fracture, which is a serious injury. Like, a, a, like fracturing a bone is a serious injury. Like, Darrington, like, twists his ankle. And, like, it's obviously not great. But, like, Dempsey, like, is seriously injured. And I'm like, um, my question is, why someone should sue? It's not a question. It's a statement. <laughs> and I don't know who they'd sue. I think it'd be interesting if they tried to sue Alicia, because then it would be, like, a Len Rivera thing. Like, he'd go up and at him. Uh, to get, I don't know, but I don't feel like Dempsey's parents, who I guess their only uh, characteristic is saving African orphans, um, would be really doing anything. I don't know. So I didn't have any questions about um, this book. I think everything sort of felt self-contained to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do have two passages that I want to read really quickly. And then one, like, takeaway question. Mm-hmm. It's more for, like, you and me rather than, like, about the plot of the book itself. So my first yeah. is when Massey is starting to feel pretty guilty about um, what she had said to Dylan about her being a triple B. She calls Dylan a triple B, which is Claire mentioned before, is stands for Big Boned Beta. And says that, like, Darrington wouldn't be into D- uh, Dylan for that reason. And so next we're on the Siren's Tomahawk field and Massey's narration reads, Massey felt like a chocolate cupcake, not because she had on too much self-tanner or because her gut was hanging over her soccer's uniform. Actually, it was quite the opposite. She looked amazing. Dozens of cheering fans poked giant foam number one fingers in the air while chanting her name. That was the icing. But just below the sugary surface was another layer, and it had a completely different texture. It was dry and crumbly, but mostly bitter. Bitter because Kristen hadn't helped her secure Dempsey. Bitter because Lane might actually have a chance. Bitter because Alicia was a better dancer and knew it. Bitter because Claire and Cam were the perfect couple. Bitter because Alicia and Josh were running a close second. Bitter because Darrington was moving on. Bitter because her triple B comment to Dylan had been triple mean. And bitter because she couldn't bring herself to apologize. On one level, it was nice knowing her. she wasn't the only girl on the team with a big fake smile. Dylan was covered in her dry, bitter cake with icing, too. And knowing that made Massey feel a lot less pathetic. And I'm like, I get it. She's just tearing someone else down so that she feels bad with her. And I 
get it. I have so been that like super mean middle school girl who's just projecting how bad she feels about herself onto other people to like make them feel bad because I felt really bad about myself. And it sucks so much to read this because... Uh, so I didn't read this book when I was in middle school. I think I stopped at Bratfest at Tiffany's. I don't know why, but like, I don't think that I read past that. But I wonder if I read this book and it perhaps like if this book were earlier on in the series, if it would have mm-hmm. made a bigger impact on me. And like if my, the way that I treated people in middle school would have been different. And so that's sort of like my takeaway question. Um, Do you think because you would have like felt like you would have felt more of a Massey or more of a Dylan? I think because I would have understood that like, the glamorization of Massey as a character is, like, steeply seated into an insecurity that, like, is a little bit less overt in the earlier books. Mm-hmm. Like, we, you and I have seen it now upon our, like, reflection as adults. Yeah. But I think that at the time when I was reading it as a kid, I didn't see. And now it's, like, very overt. The way that Massey is turning her insecurities into projections and the way that she treats other people. And I think that if I had seen that a little bit earlier on, that could have changed the way that I had seen Massey as a character. But so then, but the I sec- don't think we would ahead. have seen that. No, you're, I'm just saying, I think that when I read this the first time, I, I didn't see the, like, I didn't see Massey's insecurities, like, in the same way I do as an adult. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's obviously, like, a question that can never be answered, but I just wonder mm-hmm. if I had read this passage or this book earlier on when I was, like, in the actual, de- like, demographic of the series, if that would have been mm-hmm. different. Um, but so the second passage is after Massey realizes that no one's coming to her slumber party, and she's, like, sitting alone at the pool, and uh, she's thinking to herself and trying to get herself to cry, but no tears came. So she tried again, and again, certain the people who lost their friends were expected to sob uncontrollably, and that if she did, the PC would sense her despair and stampede towards her with open arms. But no matter how many times she pictured Bean getting hit by an SUV, her eyes refused to cooperate. It wasn't like Massey didn't feel heartbroken over her social expiration. She did. Her heart felt like a lone helium balloon, drifting endlessly with nothing to anchor it. And it wasn't like she didn't want to be a good friend. She did. It was the most important role in her life. She just didn't want to change who she was to do it. And who she was, was controlling. And for years, the girls had wanted that. They needed it. They looked to her for it. She'd given them structure, confidence, wardrobe guidelines, social counseling, a place to belong and people to belong to. And up until now, no one had complained. And so I, this is why I think that everyone sucks here. And I also think that Massey needs to see a therapist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm shocked she is not seeing one already. So many things would be would be helped by her just seeing a therapist. So I think that she saw the school therapist at least once because in a couple earlier books, she mentions the school psychologist or like school therapist and like what her office looks like. So I think that she's like been there, but I don't she needs think her own. She, I think she needs to like go to therapy. Yeah, like or, you know, honestly, therapy could probably come to her. They could find like a on-call therapist but like she needs something she needs yeah, help she needs someone to because, talk to yeah this is bad um i agree with you on all of those things um this one like was not super fun to read just because it was like it felt very re- i mean i enjoyed it because it was lots of drama but like it wasn't like fluffy and like haha yeah. they're 13 like the other ones it was like oh these are like big issues that like people deal with and like i, I feel bad yeah this was this was a heavy one to read it was hard. Yeah, also because there wasn't, like, a pretty bow tied on the end at all. Yeah, and there were very few Glossop Girl flavors, too. 
which is so sad. But the ones we did get were pretty good. Um, do you want to read through the ones that we have? Yeah, I guess. Sorry, I'm kind of bummed now. Um, I know, me too. <laughs> so we have Devil's Food Cake, which sounds amazing. Guava, toasted marshmallow. And then at one point, Dylan has a nightmare and thinks that Massey is going to smear her in meat-flavored Glossop Girl and then have Bean eat her. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility because there is a Taco Bell flavored one. So I like know. maybe maybe someone will get a meat flavor. Which I, I don't mean, know we've also seen like, like spaghetti maybe, bolognese. Like it's 100% yeah. canonical that that could exist. But also I'm just like, wow, you really don't think that highly of Massey if you think that she will murder you by getting her dog to eat you. Also, like that would take a very long time. Pugs have very small mouths. <laughs> um, I think so. Guava Goddess is my favorite uh kombucha flavor have you had that i know it's your favorite i whenever you and i drink kombucha you're always like guava goddess is the goat flavor and then i try and like offer up a counter flavor and you're like no guava it's the best so i would pick the guava flavor i think i would pick if you want to sponsor us food cake or toasted marshmallow personally Mm, interesting you're more of a baked goods person i I am like i'm a slut for baked goods um so um i am seeing that your fashion moment is already here i'm do you want to go ahead and read through it uh sure um especially since you and i had already mentioned it in passing a little bit earlier so my fashion moment was the sock hers uniform which are black sequin off the shoulder mini dresses with the sock hers spelled in gold stitch letters with black leather short shorts under their skirts and quote in keeping with the tomahawks american indian theme unquote knee-high metallic gold moccasins with festive bells dangling off the fridges. They were designed and delivered by Stella McCartney in 48 hours, and then instead of pom-poms, they have two clutches covered in peacock feathers to shake around. Um, And I think that what this looks like to me in my mind's eye, uh, the Dirty Devils costumes, the soccer uniforms that Massey designed for the two-day stint that the girls were on the soccer team, um... And I remember owning a pair of knee-high moccasin boots when I was in middle school or high school. And so I felt, like, very seen by this outfit. I know exactly which ones you're talking about. The, like, Minnetonka-style ones. They were so cool. I Living remember my when Vanessa Hudgens the dream. They also had, like, the ones that had the fringe all down the sides. Those were also really popular. Um, I'm not sure if those are the same ones. So, um, mine is technically Massey's first, like, the first day of school outfit. But the tough thing with with this is that they broke up the outfit description over the course of, like, three pages with, like, little tidbits in between. So it's going to take a while for me to describe it, but I'm going to get there. Um, And so Massey has on a gold gold silk scarf um, and leather leggings, and then she's got... Purple Mark Jacobs mouse flats. Okay, it's it was good when I read it the first time, and now my brain is like, that's she has no shirt on apparently. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a gold silk scarf moment um, on top of leather. Like that doesn't make any sense now that I'm like putting it together in my brain. I thought you were gonna pick the Massey's out of Africa sleepover run into Dempsey outfit from Kristen's apartment. I also saw that, but I was trying not to. I don't know. It's there's a lot of like weird African exoticism like commodification I that I hate. One thing I did want to bring up that was really interesting was 
Um, well, Massey's officially back to, to Chanel number 19 fully. And then also one of the guys at the amusement park that they go to, well, the like guy who's in charge of the ride at the amusement park that they go to, um, Rye, Rye Playland, has a tattoo of Barack Obama on the back of his skull. <laughs> A thick, layer of, <laughs> a thick layer of stubble covered the president, making him look like a pubescent werewolf. And I was like, what oh, is that? Lacey Harrison. But obviously that like sets when this book is. But okay, so speaking of the Chanel number 19 and the thing that we've been talking about with regards to Dylan and Darrington and the like releasing him from her grip is the mm-hmm. fact that so in marking these guys, she sprays perfume on them. And so she sprays perfume on Dempsey and Dempsey's like, what does that smell? And then... Um, oh, Darrington, Darrington says, says that it's been... because he's been kissed by an angel and that it happened to him a few months ago. And I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, does he like, is it him encouraging the relationship between Dempsey and Massey? Does he actually think that he was kissed by a Chanel number 19 scented angel? Like, is he still crushing on Massey a little bit? Like, it was very confusing to me to interpret what that statement meant. Yeah, definitely confusing. Um, but kind of cute, but also kind of, I don't know. I don't know how we're supposed to feel. I mean, I guess we're supposed to be, I do like Dylan and Darrington together. So that's like how I feel on that. And I see good things in the future for them, hopefully. Not that I've read it. I don't. Um, I have not. But um, next we are going to be talking about the Alicia book in the summer series, correct? Correct. Exciting. Um, first things first, we're going to do our State of the Union's. Um, what's your state of the union right now, Courtney? Sure. So my state of the union in buying yourself a present. Um, What'd you buy yourself? So I haven't bought myself anything yet, um, but I got my bonus at the end of the year and my birthday's coming your up. Your birthday's coming up. Um, Yay. And stuff like that. My One of my friends from high school actually sent me a seven day free trial to masterclass. So I think maybe like, hmm. I don't know, maybe I get that. Um, but yeah, just like now that I have a little bit more disposable income, I am looking forward to being able to like get myself a little nice little something. And then my yeah, out. Yeah, no, that's super exciting. Yeah. So my out for the book or my out for this week is inflexibility. Just, you know, being able to pick up if something goes wrong and be able to like change your course a little bit or just being receptive if something like wasn't exactly what you planned. Just being flexible. It's totally chill. Nothing is that serious. I fully agree with you on that one. Um, And then I have suggestions for you for what you should treat yourself to, because (laughs) I always like to have like, I have a list of things on my computer that's just like fun gifts. And it's like not necessarily like gifts for like a person. They're like a gift, I don't know, for yourself or like, uh, you always got to have options. You got to have plenty of options. So I will send you fun ideas for things we should, uh, you should get. Um, my state of the union. So in for this week is routine. Um, because we're recording this on the week that's between Christmas and New Year's. I have work, um, which is not super fun, but it is what it is. Um, but something I'm enjoying about working this week is the fact that I have to be in my routine. Um, and something that I kind of felt weird about last week because the way that the holidays worked this year, it was a lot of time off from work for me. And this is probably saying something about my dependency on my work schedule and my inability to slow down. But um, having a routine in my day makes me feel a lot more just like 
a calm and like relaxed and I, I enjoy routine. And I think it's also really fun to find a routine that like makes you feel happy. And so that can be like little things like, you know, reading 30 minutes of a book before you go to bed every night or getting to use like your every morning I get up and I put on perfume and it's a different perfume and it that makes me feel like a little extra special for the day. Um, and so I would say that my in is going to be routine and then my out is going to be um, not making time for yourself because, and I mean that in like all senses, because I tend to be someone who can like say yes to a lot of things or like, especially at work, like let a lot of things fall in my, fall on my plate. And, and when I say take time for yourself, like not making time for yourself, I mean like time to like eat meals or like use the bathroom or like basic things. It's like, you need to be able to be a functioning human being. So like ensuring that you have time to take care of yourself, um, that is like, you know, I guess it's like a better way of saying like my out is putting other, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, you'll figure out a better way of writing that down than me. Yeah, but you have to You have the English it. degree. That's fine. <laughs> I've already recorded it. Okay, good luck editing it to make it sound more coherent it's fine it doesn't have to necessarily sound coherent it just has to sound like we're talking but um so we are taking a little trip with alicia to barcelona next week which Don't. is how they say it in the book and it's have you read it yet no i haven't read it because i've been so obsessed oh. with the whole larry baldwin thing oh well courtney it's gonna take you maybe i i swear to god it took me an hour max it's the shortest least plot filled book ever um because I don't like Alicia, but also it's, she literally says like, oh, I just landed in Barcelona. And then, or as the locals say, Barcelona and like quotations. I'm like, oh my God, you are that girl. You are that girl. And then she, just as a little quick preview, she, instead of saying gracias, she has decided she's going to say grassy, G-R-A-S-S-Y to everyone instead. (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad, but um, you guys should look forward to that because it's going to be Courtney and I's probably least favorite thing we've read so far, and it's going to be really a fun, fun ride to hear us talk about it. Um, Might be like the miniest bonus episode yet. It'll be really small. Um, But yeah, hopefully. Um, So that's going to come next. Um, You guys can always find us on our socials, which are Witty Committee Pod on Instagram, um, at Witty Pod on Twitter. Um, and then thewittycommittee.com. Please email us if you get a chance. We would like to get an email from anyone, anywhere. Yeah. Um, oh, um, also, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to us, especially on Apple Podcast. We are so close to hitting 500 downloads and 10 ratings on um, Apple Podcast. And if we could hit those two goals by the new year, I would be so stoked. It'd be dope. And also the fact is that this will come out on New Year's Eve. And so that'll be so much fun if people would download and listen. Um, We love you guys. uh, And we hope you join us next week as we continue to judge the mean girl right back one book at a time.